0: All
1: right. All right, everyone, welcome to uh, the UK Sangha. We meet every Wednesday. Uh, today we are here with uh, Veda and Aaron. And uh, just before I started the recorder, um, Aaron was talking about how um, uh teaching of the Dhamma is uh, kind of different uh than most of the buddhism you'll encounter in the sense that it actually goes back to uh what the buddha actually taught and um from the original suttas so there is there is uh there's a path and then there is like a progression to the path and then there's like a series of things to do on the path so uh um the the eightfold noble path is uh, is something that's at the same time an all-in-one package, but also a series of steps depending on uh, the maturity of the meditator and uh, what's going on. So um, uh, sometimes you need to get yourself out of hindrances to be able to even practice the Eightfold Noble Path to begin with. So if, if we're, if our mind is, uh, if our mind is distracted and cluttered with, uh, different sorts of, uh, all kinds of negative emotion, which is already a misunderstanding of, uh, what's actually going on here. Um, the Buddha, uh we'll take emotions and just put it under the category of feeling and if and if we examine and when if we examine like what the actual experience of emotions are you'll see that it's kind of just like um sensations so it's called vedana it's called feeling so if we see uh emotions as feeling it kind of uh uh takes the. Personal identification with it out of uh, the the equation so we can see. Uh, feelings as feeling so it's just like it, it's just like a, a sensation that's appearing. It's arising somewhere um, usually in the chest and uh, and w- what makes it negative? What makes an emotion negative is usually a quality of uh, tension in the body. So um, we might be feeling a tension in the chest, um, sometimes a facial tension, sometimes in the shoulders. And uh, there is specific things that we can do to alleviate this tension. And it's not practice loving kindness for all beings of the universe. Or it's not like some simple solution or it's not saying that like you are consciousness. Like, so just be happy. So there's like things we can do. So when we're feeling tensions in the body, um, we can use the breath to relax those tensions. So um, um, the, the tensions, it's kind of like a feedback loop between what's going on in the mind, the thoughts, and how we're feeling. So the thoughts are informing how the body feels and how the body feels is informing the kind of thoughts we're having, so it's kind of one system. So a tense, uh, a tense and uh, uncomfortable body usually um, goes hand in hand with um, all kinds of uh, thoughts that are not wholesome. So they're worrying about the future, and they're thinking about the past. Uh, and bringing up ruminating, bringing up all kinds of things that uh, uh, trigger, um, make it even worse. So it's like a feedback loop, and it just keeps spiraling out of control. So what what, what we're gonna do is create a different feedback loop that goes like um, in the opposite direction, and kind of takes you out of uh, takes you out of the dumpster. <laughs> out of the sewer all the way into like the heights of how good can you really feel so this is the practice uh for most most beginner meditators uh when you encounter the the real dhamma Um, a lot of people think and a lot of like western therapy thinks that you're gonna go from like um these unwholesome states of mind to like a neutral state of mind but that's not really how it works. You go, you have to go from unwholesome to exuberant and like to exalted and to like overjoyed. So it has to be like, um, it's like a rocket. A rocket needs so much momentum and energy to get it off the ground and to get into orbit. Once it's into orbit, then you can kind of just like keep it going along, but in the beginning it requires an insane amount of fuel to get that thing moving so uh so again back to going back to the tensions of the body so um the body is tense, um and the mind is tense so we we can attack from either angle but um uh i think the more efficient I think both sides of the equation should be attacked, but the more um, efficient angle for uh, relaxing the tensions of the body is um, through Anapanasati. So simply changing how we're breathing. And then with that, it kind of changes how we're thinking as well. Because every mind moment you spend on recognizing to take a deeper breath, uh your mind isn't off um creating all kinds of problems and uh thinking up stuff that isn't there. So simply uh taking more air in than you normally would have. So it doesn't need to become like a strict rule of how many seconds am I going to breathe in or out. Um, just start with realize oh I'm taking kind of shallow breaths. Like, there's so much more lung capacity that you have right now that you're not using. And uh, don't, uh, you don't need to overdo it to the point where the breathing is uncomfortable. So, it like, so you're like forcing air in, but you just want to stretch it a little bit more than you normally do. So, it's like a muscle. Like, when you stretch a muscle, um, you're not going to do the splits the first time. You're just going to put, <laughs> you're just going to put a little bit more stretch on it than you normally move that muscle. So, like, uh, it's the same with the breath. You take a breath in, and this time, just come in with a little bit more air. But the 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 point is to relax. So the 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 breathing should feel pleasant. But we're just simply taking deeper breaths. And then um, the more you practice this, it's kind of it feels more and more and more natural to just take a deeper breath and then eventually the lungs will get used to expanding a lot. So uh, um, let's all try this. Let's just spend, let's say like two, three minutes and just put more air in than you normally would and increase the time length that you're taking in air. So longer than you normally would and a little bit more aaron than you normally would but not to the point where it's uncomfortable it should sure feel good all right All right, now at the bottom of each breath, before you take the next breath, just take like a two or three second pause. So you release all the air out, let the lungs be empty for about two or three seconds, maybe even four, and then start nice and slow back up with the next one. Right, now keep keep the attention on the breath and uh, the the recognition that we are breathing. And uh, with that uh, calming down of the mind, now we can become more aware of uh, the tensions in our body. So continuing with the long breaths, uh, we can see. Oh, I'm holding a little bit of tension in my uh, upper back or i'm holding a little bit of tension in my um, legs or in my face and as we breathe, as we breathe we can relax the tensions um, just in the same way that uh, we're relaxing the breath so in the same way that We let all the air release um, pleasantly out of our lungs. Uh, We intentionally release tensions that we're holding in the body. So it is kind of like breathing with your body. And it is an intentional thing that we can do. Um, So we, we can release the tensions that we that we can release. Um, just the same way that if you're, if you're squeezing your fist really tightly, um, for a long amount of time, you have to intentionally unclench your fist, intentionally unclench your fist. So it's kind of the same process here of releasing tensions, um, felt in the body. Alright, so I'm going to bring it back into discussion here. Um, so let's talk about it. Um, welcome, Robert, for joining. We're just doing a breathing. Uh, we're practicing Anapanasati there for a couple of minutes. Um, so yeah, uh, I just want to hear everyone's experience. Uh, what was that like? What did it feel like? What did it do? Um, Veda, if you would mind sharing first.
0: <clears throat> I use the box breath from uh, the military, uh, mi- military context uh, when, yeah, when I need to really uh, be able to control everything uh, on point. And yeah, it's exactly this, uh, uh, right? It's um, really setting a control uh, uh, center. Around everything and calms the whole system very, very fast and very steady
1: down. Right, so um, you notice kind of a, a a difference in the kind of thoughts you're having, right? Uh,
0: the relation um, to the uh, the thoughts, the way the thoughts appear, the speed, uh, the difference in uh, the like, let's say, the coloration of the of the thoughts and their uh, uh, the way they are affecting the body and the mind.
1: Right. So there's a increased amount of clarity. I think that's fair to say. Um, uh, Aaron, do would you mind sharing?
2: Uh, no. Um, <clears throat> um, just uh, my thoughts were going to sort of the measurement of. My comfort level with the end of the breath, whether or not whether or not it was uh extending to the point of discomfort or you know sort of the edge of comfort and just the judgment there and um, I did at one point I feel the muscles. Holding my head
1: up and my shoulders relax a bit. Perfect, so you can see that it is kind of like a skill. So yeah, you're finding that that edge, that zone. Okay, that's a little too much. That was kind of uncomfortable. But this like when I do it like this, it's kind of relaxing and feels good. So it's an experiential skill. So there's it's kind of a. It's not uh as simple as giving people a formula for how to breathe it's just a general um general general mindfulness the fact that you are breathing and uh to take um, more relaxing uh deeper breaths than we normally would have so um, when the body is tight and anxious actually usually the breath is always very shallow so it's like a direct correlation with how we're breathing and then another thing i'd like to um, point out is is the clarity of mind so um with this exercise um whether your body is relaxed or not or what whatever kinds of thoughts you're having whether they're um, unwholesome or not there isn't there's more clarity to what's going on in your experience when you do this so this is where The work is really done um is when we come uh become aware of what's going on inside rather than kind of like in a vague unconscious sleepiness about it um and uh, everything is sort of muddled and mixed together Um, we don't see our thoughts as thoughts we see them as me so we don't see them as um what they are they're just a thought and we don't see feelings as feelings we also see those as me Uh, when actually it's just a feeling um, that's uh, arising in the body. So um, uh, that's the first step, is becoming aware of the inner uh, state of what's going on inside of you Um, and then to see that this is dukkha. So (laughs) that's uh, the first noble truth right there. and that's where um, most uh, Vipassana stops, or most insight traditions stop. They just see, keep seeing the dukkha. But here, um, we change it. So we co- become aware of the tensions in the body and we relax the tensions in the body. And we become a, more aware of the unwholesome thoughts and we change the unwholesome thoughts. But um, with the practice of anapanasati, it's kind of all in one package. So uh every time you're doing the practice, that is in and of itself changing the thoughts. Um because you're spending uh that that mental uh those mental moments on uh the practice of coming into a state of uh satisfaction and coming into a state of uh relaxation and and clarity and feeling whole uh and then this is a hundred percent a subjective thing so uh it is a skill um just like any other skill and how do you get better at any skill is with practice so um you practice this <laughs> and uh i would suggest practicing it um sprinkled throughout the day in smaller segments so it's it's like do 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Um, and then eventually it's kind of like, uh, you come to realize how good it actually feels to breathe like this, that you start to just do it like like whenever, like all the time. And uh, your body, and once your body is, uh, you can get your body to the point where it's relaxed almost the entire day and when your body is relaxed almost the entire day um, we feel safe and secure and when we feel safe and secure that uh, gives the possibility for um, jhana to happen so out of the comfort and the tranquility of the body uh, when it's relaxed of all its tensions um, and there's no dangers um, externally or internally, so there's no um, alligators in the room or in your mind, um, then um, joy will arise. So like the experience of joy of, of out of discomfort and relief will arise and then and then then it's a game of how good can we really feel? So how much fuel gasoline can we throw on the fire? So just keep, so you so you play with the thoughts at that point. So you, you think thoughts that feel good. Um, and you think uh, thoughts like everything, I have everything I need right now. There's nothing to do and nowhere to go. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to think about anything. Everything is fine and dandy. And I can just um, sit here and and be as happy as i want to be and uh you know get creative like that's just something i thought of right now but i'm constantly doing this if i'm not doing the breathing um and then you can kind of get to the point where your body gets flooded with uh, flooded with these uh pleasurable tingly goosebumps and like like feeling vibrantly alive yeah veda go ahead
0: mm. If, uh, if I have the time uh, nowadays, uh, it's um, <clears throat> very, very uh, difficult sometimes to get off the cushion um, because it gets so, so, so equanimous and just different than everything else that even just uh, trying to open the eyes is like moving a mountain. So do you have any, uh, any relevant advice or help for this?
1: So like um, you're saying that you can't keep meditating and you have to do something?
0: No, no, the, the other way around. I, I can't do anything but meditating.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. It's like you have some reason why you have to stop meditating is what the problem is.
0: Uh, I'm saying like
1: what's the problem? Like why can't you just keep sitting there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Of course I have to do stuff to keep the body alive.
1: Yeah, huh. well <laughs> um, uh, then go just go back into a lower jhana. Like mm. um, if you're in a Deep, deeper jhana. If you're in equanimity and everything is just um, still and equanimous, that just comes out of the ax aspect of uh, of of um, all these previous joy, all this previous um, tranquility calming down. Um, But uh, if you need to start things back up, you can simply. Go back into first jhana, and go with the wholesome thoughts of, mm. oh, I, okay, I get to go do, um, I get to go to the grocery store now. That's fun. I get to um, look at different things I need. I get to experience different sensation and visual visual experiences. Like, and I and I can be uh, aware of how relaxed the body is and how good I'm feeling. Um, simultaneously with this, and I, I can go um, see my friend the cashier, and uh, uh, mm. have a have a good party with everyone. So you can just go back into um, mm. first jhana, mm. and then keep it rolling. So you mm. keep the good feelings rolling, and you go about your business. Um, yeah. So the the problem uh, with most uh, meditators, if they get they get they find themselves into jhana. Um, um, they'll get they may get into like a higher jhana of of like uh, second or third, where they're just experiencing, uh, wow, how good you're feeling and you stop thinking about it. And uh, a lot of times, um they'll go from um second jhana to no jhana because um the mind will be amazed with how fantastic the experience is, and you'll be um uh, you might start craving for it and uh maybe some unwholesome thoughts will arise uh like for me um i had this experience before like i don't want this to end and like something's going to ruin this um <laughs> so like i think we've all had that experience of when we're having a good uh good time we're just having a good time but then somehow there's a party pooper thought that comes in that kind of poops the party of, oh shit, I got to do this tomorrow though. Like I'm having a good time right now, but I got to do this tomorrow, so I can't have a good time right now. So (laughs) realizing uh, that this is what poops the party is that first unwholesome thought. And then it's a matter of how quickly can you get back into first jhana? And that's a skill. So you may be pooped out of it, but instead of being like, you can you can spend a couple of days throwing yourself a pity party before you get back into first jhana, or you can realize, oh, I pushed myself out of it. This is an opportunity to practice getting back into a wholesome state. Wholesome state. Being
0: more, being more lovely with it, being more kind to it, and
1: or just, just I I would say
0: learning it.
1: I would say I would say um. um so loving kindness comes out of being, comes out of all the joy and all the relief that uh, you experience from correct practice. So when you're um, when you're having such a good time, uh, you can see this anywhere. You're going to be nicer to other people. Like when you're in a good mood. You're simply going to be more loving and more kind to other people. so loving kindness is uh, is the effect of good practice. It, I wouldn't say that it's a practice in and of itself. Um, that's
0: not what I meant. That's why oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking more, uh, talking more <laughs> from the from the ordinary perspective words, but uh, what I mean is, yeah, it's coming it's coming from a wisdom-based uh, uh, approach. It's the approach itself it's the it's the practice itself that makes it uh, more smooth, more uh, receptible to the the positive aspects of what I'm,
1: what, what is happening. Yeah, yeah yeah, okay, so yeah, so changing um, uh changing things from um unho- unwholesome to wholesome, it's that simple. So a wholesome thought arises, i mean, an unwholesome thought arises. That kind of kills kills our mood, kills the vibe um, and then the next best wholesome thought that you could have would be aha, I see you like you I right. see this unwholesome thought yeah there it is yeah. and it's the, it's 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 the same repetitive cycle so it's like kind of there's kind of a the joy of discovery there yeah and yeah. that would be taking um something that would go spiral down into kind of a dumpster fire direction and simply sidestepping out of it and you then- have to
0: <laughs> evoke it though i what? mean you have to you have you have to evoke it though you have to you have to embody this this kind of uh, attitude it's right. it's the right attitude you know in the in the whole system it's not just the thought it's the thought and the 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 they like the sankara is not just uh It's not just only a. a whispering, thing like Daniel Ingram always says. Thoughts are just the whispering little things for him right now. And uh, it's yeah, it's it's not just the it's not just the flicker, in a certain part of the brain. It's the whole the whole experience.
1: Yeah. So there's different. Um, uh... There's different mechanisms that are working together that uh, cooperate to create uh, the experience we're having. Um, and then there's different levels of maturity even within yourself. There's the, the internal adult and then there's the more instinctual level of the brain and then there's the inner child. So it's the uh, it's the uh, adult that... Um, wakes up and says, "Hey, wait a second here, what's going on?" And then um, takes control and nourishes the inner child. The inner child would be the the like the the fight or flight mechanism that's overactivated and kind of taking control because the inner adult was pressing the buttons for it to activate by thinking um, um, unwholesome thoughts. And or maybe something that happened in the past and it or maybe it's just something like a leaning, like it's just that general mindset, like you're saying, like a general attitude, like you lean towards this way of thinking um, rather than the specific thought. It might be like, this is just a um, inertia type of thing. So, yes, we, we change the mindset and change the attitude and. Uh, we change really the mindset and the attitude we're changing is from that of a victim to a winner. So it kind of feels bad to be a loser. It feels bad to be a victim, and to think of yourself as a victim of your circumstances, of your f- thoughts, of it all. Um, but if we think of ourselves, we ha- we develop the right um, attitude, the sama sankapa, We think of ourselves as a winner. So we think of ourselves as a noble meditator, we're um, surmounting our own lamentation and sorrow. So we're doing something really noble here. Um, we're doing something that uh, only the most noble people would even take, would even try, would even try to do. Because uh, with, we, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I would explain
0: it to me as probably just mostly a a a transposing issue of the skills i have already developed but just uh yeah uh losing probably kind of perspective in a way because it's it's not uh it's not perfectly adapted to every situation uh uh, there's still some 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 holes in the in the in the system, let's say, and then I just uh, keep on doing what I do with the things where it's it, it works, and trans trans uh, transpose it, uh, and that would that would uh, work probably.
1: Perfect. All right, Aaron, what, you had a question.
2: Yeah, I don't know how to raise my digital hand. So. no, don't no, worry
1: <laughs> about that. Yeah. Uh,
2: so I was just wondering, um, the flickering. I'm. I'm. I don't understand the metaphor. The flickering is what versus what?
1: Are you asking that to
2: Beta?
0: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, can you
0: describe what the you mean by the the flickering. I mean, I said you. You mean the reference with the whispering, wispy wh- uh, little things like yeah. that's the yeah. th- the thoughts. Um because flickering is mostly referred to when you see like limiters or things like this or if you see dependent origination uh like the rising and passing away point and things like that it's like this flickering thing like uh from some people's visual but uh the wispy little things as for th- thoughts i mean damarato always says if i uh, talk about your experience of everything just being more clear you don't really go deeper into everything you just seek and so things you uh, before didn't really recognize as being present at all become maybe super present and then you see uh, it as bigger as it is because it's just the perspective so it's just the perspective issue. It's not that those things are really uh, significant or big or small or whatever. It's just your capability to be able to see it and right. how, how good your, your uh, ability is. So things so, can look like so big or small.
2: So when you say big, does, is that equating with clear?
0: Uh,
2: is it the opposite?
0: It's it's not it's not directly it's not directly uh, connected like causal, but it's like uh, let's say huh, uh, how do I explain this? Maybe you have a you have a, uh, you have a way to explain this.
1: God, um, I uh, I'm not exactly sure um, what the um, conversation about big or small is, but um something you're saying, Veda, I'd like to expand on. Um, so, yeah, a lot of so when we first start meditating and like a lot of what stops people from first meditating is uh, uh, like we go to clean up our room and uh, we see much how how much crap there really is. And uh, so this might seem like um, you're going backwards. Because you're just becoming aware of all the shit that's actually there. So, um, like it's statistically,
2: it, it, <laughs> it's yeah, prone to find shit there because statistically it's just there. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's there. It's for sure there, and a lot of it is there. Um, um, so, this is a good thing, though. That's the that's the where we're changing it because you uh to to change things we have to become aware of things um so um it's kind of coming into um a reasonable um sanity and clarity of what's going on inside of you and to see that all these habits and tendencies um and that can be very discouraging um with the wrong attitude So, um, when you see all this crap that there really is um, under the hood, that is a good thing in the sense that um, we found Mara, like we see Mara, we've found Dukkha, this is the first noble truth, Um, there it is, there's Dukkha, and we can, we don't have to worry about all of it, Um, it, uh, we don't have to get overwhelmed, just start with the first thing that pops up, just this thought that's happening in this moment in this moment in this moment so it's that first empty water bottle in the dirty room you don't have to worry about the stains on the carpet or the the shit that's like uh all the dust that's under in the crevices and uh the like a rotting apple core or something um just the first thing that pops up and uh then yeah you, you can start to Um, have fun doing this so you you develop a new inertia of cleaning up your own shit, and uh instead of having an unwholesome thought and being like oh shit i'm not practicing good here's an unwholesome thought be like oh there it is another one now i can throw that one out i i caught it and uh we do this uh we develop an inertia and a habit of doing this it's like infecting the system with a new virus that's cleaning everything up and uh, then we we take joy in uh, doing all this, and eventually uh, there is a there is a limited amount of all of the unwholesome thoughts, so it's not unending. Eventually, we will turn over every stone and uh, get to the bottom of it. And when you do get to the bottom of it, then you go, then you really go, yippee! I'm free, and uh, that's that's. Uh, when, when when everything in your minds and in your feelings is wholesome, yeah, it's it's like you're at Disneyland, man. Like when you're a little mm-hmm. kid, everything is wholesome, everything is good. It's all, and you're looking. So there is great fruit to, to this practice, is what I'm saying. But it starts with the habit of cleaning of one thought at a time, one breath at a time. Let me enjoy this breath. Let me not worry about anything else. Let me just enjoy this breath that I'm having right now.
2: I have a question, Scott. Um, would you say that in the practice of anapana sorry. I'm. Um,
1: Don't worry about anapana Sati. Yeah,
2: yeah um, that the first wholesome thought is just to remember to practice.
1: Yes, yes. You hit the nail on the head there. That's Sati. So that's that's the sati and anapanasati. So sati just means to remember. That's the first wholesome thought. So the fact that you remembered to practice at all was already a wholesome thought. And uh, this is what we are developing more of. So, for example, the more you... So... uh, It... We can think about it this way. Um, the opposite is true, is that w- if we're remembering something unwholesome over and over, we're going to develop the habit of always remembering that. And that's when, so, so that's how people's traumas propagate themselves. So something traumatic happens, and we develop the habit of remembering and remembering and remembering it, um, you're going to be remembering it all the time. So it's like the same mechanism here, but for the Dhamma. So we're remembering to breathe, remembering to take a deeper breath, and we develop the habit of remembering and remembering until we're remembering all the time, and and there's kind of an unremitting remembrance, uh, and uh, it's the most healthy addiction you can have. You know, it's, a, <laughs> it's like there's no it doesn't cost any money to breathe um it produces um pleasure response it re, we're, we're hacking the brain okay to get what people to get our fix our fix of dopamine our fix of whatever if you want to think about it like that that's what we're doing we're getting our fix it's like a drug um and uh, the only way uh to get our fix is to remember to get our fix not, not from uh, something else that we need that we don't have, but something we always have. We're always breathing. You're gonna breathe um, up until the point you die. So enjoying breathing is synonymous with enjoying being alive. So we're changing this thing from being a victim of life to being a champion of life because we're literally enjoying every breath that we take. So that's a, that's a big difference. And that that will have an effect w- when we practice that. So we practice that over and over. That's going to have an effect on how you feel like your baseline feelings and how we feel over and over. So we practice enjoying the breath of, of life. We practice enjoying being alive and we get goosebumps and feel alive. We get to adrenaline and we get all these things that. Uh, that's why anyone does anything. Like that's why people want to do drugs, want to have sex, want to jump off airplanes. They want to feel alive. And wow, can we just we can just do that right now, by taking deeper breaths and enjoying it. Um, yeah. So uh, that has a dramatic effect on uh, the body and the mind. And and uh, once things are calmed down and the body is tranquil and uh, the mind is unified. Um, right Samadhi. Then we're collecting all the Eightfold Noble Path. So when you're um, when you're feeling good, when you're feeling satisfied, when you're feeling alive, um, you're not going to do um, unwholesome things. So like uh, you're not going to kill anyone, you're not going to take what's not yours, you're not going to commit um, sexual mis- misconduct. So all these things um, that come along with Buddhism. Uh, Domerado teaches is an outcome of correct practice, not it's not like a Christian thing of like do the follow these rules. It's a, it's a, <clears throat> so we, we, we come into such a wholesome state that, uh, uh, naturally <laughs> you're just gonna be, um, a kinder, better person. And, uh, uh, then now once the body's satisfied, once everything is calmed down, once everything's brought together, the mind is clear, we can see things as they are, so. um, We then we can do insights um, much more effectively so we can see impermanence. Like we can see how all of our experience are arising and vanishing. So things are constantly changing when we experience uh, all these senses. And the minds and the mind objects. uh, they're not staying the same so they're constantly arising and they're constantly vanishing but i'm we're sorry not... yeah and man. and one little and one little way of let's say looking at this from
0: perspective would be that if your attachment to all those thoughts for uh, uh, for example uh gets less and less and less they're not so dominant anymore and then they could be only left as whiskey little things that's yeah. the way
1: to put it Right, so it's only one part, It's only a very small fraction of what all the totality of our experience. Yeah, yeah we're, we're experiencing all this stuff, actually a flood of information everywhere. But if we get too focused on one part of it, uh, we're going to miss everything else. So yeah, realizing um, all the novelty of our experience that's going on, um, that's a good point, Beta. And then realizing the, so what is the, uh, what is the nature of that experience? Um, would be insights but only a mind that's fit for work to do that it can do this so a mind that is uh, a mind that is whole unified brought together so it's not in sloth and torpor it's not uh, in craving and aversion (laughs) it's not thinking about other people like it's not there's no ill will um it's just here and it's just satisfied so then we can see um all of our percept, all of our experience, it's arising and vanishing. <clears throat> That's impermanence or anicca, and we can see it's not self. So the fact that we're seeing it means it's far enough away from you to not be. you. So our thoughts are not self, the body's not self, all of it is not me. So there's a kind of uh, disenchantment with it, it's a detachment from it. We don't uh, lust for it, we don't crave for it. And so there is equanimity there. And, uh, and we can see that it, uh, anything, uh, because it's impermanent and non-self, it's not going to be satisfying. So nothing is going to satisfy us. And we think that something is going to satisfy us. That's what keeps us in a state of craving. It's the belief that something out there, or even a feeling, or even a jhana, will satisfy us but because it's not you and because it's all changing, none of it will ever be truly satisfying. So this is the three characteristics. Um, and then uh, seeing it clearly as it actually is in your experience, uh, that's the way out of suffering. So that's uh, that would be um, the third noble truth. So first noble truth, <coughs> this is dukkha. This is suffering. Second noble truth. This is the source of suffering. So this is <clears throat> this is how I'm creating my own suffering. <coughs> Third noble truth. <sighs> this is the cessation of suffering. And fourth noble truth. This is the way leading to the cessation of suffering. And then to see these truths experientially. That's the Dhamma. And uh, it can be you can you can get into the nitty gritty details and there's a lot of nuance to it. But um, the Buddha only taught one thing, um, suffering or suffering, but Dhamrata always says even suffering is a bad translation, a better translation would be dissatisfaction. Because no one wants to say that they're suffering. Like, (laughs) you're gonna ask someone, like, hey, man, are you suffering? But you're not, they're not gonna say yes. I mean, unless we're really suffering. Um, Even if we are really suffering, probably not gonna admit it to other people. So, but most people can admit that they're a little dissatisfied most of the time. Um, So, this is, Another translation for dukkha is dissatisfaction depends on the culture. (laughs) Yeah, it depends on the culture. Um, But um, um, but dissatisfaction starts small and uh, again, it gets bigger. So um, the practice, again, developing that remembrance, developing that sati to catch it in its infancy. So, oh, we just have a little bit of dissatisfaction. We're a little bit dissatisfied. We're a little irritated. Um, and then you can catch that at the root of it before it develops into something, into a dark night of the soul or into like a whatever, into a rock bottom, into an angry, into a perpetual anger, into all this other unwholesome stuff. Um, and and uh, if we can catch it quick, it, we can stop it from developing there. Rather than it developing that way, it's fine. We just wake up out of that too. But uh, the more the more uh, quick-witted you become, the more skilled you become in the practice, catch it at when it's just add a little bit of dissatisfaction. And you catch it when it's just out a little dissatisfaction, then you cut it at the root. And you can see you can release that dissatisfaction. You could see really clearly the four noble truths. This is dukkha. This is uh, the origin of dukkha. This is the cessation of dukkha, and this is the way leading to the cessation of dukkha. And um, catching it at just a little bit of dissatisfaction, you see that it more clearly, because you're not. Uh, it's not as big of a deal, so to speak than when you're in uh, uh, the depths of Dukkha and then getting yourself into an overjoyed state and like, wow, this is amazing, Uh, the Dhamma, and uh, this stuff really works. Uh, You're a little bit, uh, it's so fantastic that you're kind of too distracted by how amazing it is to really see the mechanics. Um, So then, uh, but that's the first step is like getting yourself into a really overjoyed state. And then you can um, start to see um, the same process and more subtle and more subtle levels but it starts with remembering the breath and sati all right so i think that's good if anyone has any more additional comments or questions um please i have a comment yeah
2: so it seems like there's so much um it's like the the culture is saturated with uh representations of suffering and, and dissatisfaction that it's almost impossible to even communicate without representing it yourself. You know, like if you were to not I mean, I guess it's a good experiment, right? <laughs> to try to communicate with people without representing um for me, a
1: um,
2: victim too. Right. <laughs> like, uh, right. So
1: yeah, it's such the cultural norm, and it's in the news. It's in every media. It's in all. It's suffused within the culture. So yeah, it is kind of like something that we have to seclude ourselves from. So there's kind of guarding the senses. So you guard the senses from all this unwholesome like stuff. Um, it's going to be easier to practice. So this is kind of like something that you do at first, um, in seclusion, uh, alone, like secluded from unwholesome states and inputs and other people and stuff like that. And, uh, that's where you can get good at it. And then, um, when you get really good at that, then, you, um, we can kind of do it with, a like in the world. So it's kind of like, that's the progression. It's like, like i think the world is a lost cause like don't try to like save it don't try to like like seclude yourself from that stuff save yourself first and then um it's going to overflow into like other people but but um uh, like
2: this uh you know the metaphor of the on the plane you put your mask on first right it's like this huge mask that everybody (laughs) we need to cover everything in yeah yeah but you're just like okay i'm gonna I me mean, like
1: be in the mask <laughs> right right so going along to get along right so yeah no that's that's a really good point point. and um yeah i mean i would say like stop watching the news drop out you know timothy leary drop out and tune in to the senses tune in to what's going on in your immediate experience and uh and get yourself into a wholesome state and uh uh I mean, this is like, we can become distracted and endlessly by all kinds of like, um, stuff that it's not really going to help us or we're not going to do anything about it. Or it's like, it's kind of just making yourself get into like feeling bad without any utility. (laughs) So, um, see that it's useless and try to guard, guard the senses from stuff that just is going to muddy the waters. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, and then when people are, it, you know, when people are around you and they're talking with you and they're just going to probably gossip about other people realize what's going on in that moment, this is malicious gossip. It's unwholesome. The only reason people are gossiping about other people is because they don't, they don't feel safe and secure within themselves. They don't feel like a winner. They don't feel above it all. So they're going to have to try to find someone to gossip about so it makes them feel a little better. But um uh practicing the Dhamma um correctly, you're above it all. You don't need to gossip about other people. What a waste of time. How petty, how trivial. So it's kind of like that. Um but it is it is there is that uh social um pool or that social uh, magnetism that is there um, that survival instinct that you want to blend in so you're gonna do what they're doing Um, but then just realize this um, the same we realize our own unwholesome thoughts you just um, develop um, remembering what's going on remembering to look at what's going on Um, and then uh, there is that um, equanimity in the face of it so it's like there's no need to judge these people just like you don't need to like participate in that because it's just gonna it's it's gonna harm yourself so um these people uh, uh it's a cost benefit analysis so we're, we're not doing these things because it's like we're so holy and like uh it's not like a christian thing of trying to guilt other people Uh, It's just because it's better this way (laughs) and it's for the good of ourselves. So it's just like going to harm ourselves if we're like always, um, if we have ill will towards other people. So realizing ill will when it arises and making that right effort to change it, being like um, uh, thinking these angry thoughts and disparaging others or praising yourself. the roots of these actions is just dissatisfaction. So just seeing that like dukkha is, this is dukkha. Um, seeing it for what it is. Um, you don't have to like go into like a pity party about about it or like um, what it means, but just seeing dukkha is dukkha. And uh, simplifying things that way. All right. Any other questions?
0: comments there there's definitely enough to do enough work to do when your mind is uh free of all the distractions so this this will never end man this will never
1: end yeah it's uh it uh, it, it, it ends but then it starts again so. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> you see what i'm saying It, co- it comes to an end um yeah and uh but then it like restarts uh and uh it end, it'll end when we die so yeah let's enjoy it while it's here yeah <laughs> all right guys well it was good talking to you thanks for joining Aaron it was good to see you man uh cool. good to see you Veda as always and Robert if you're hearing um good to have you there and uh i'll see you guys later bye i